You're listening to the Robert Hartley Games Master Podcast. The following is audio from my interactive tabletop role-playing game series, Twitch Tales, which plays out through my Twitch channel, Robert Hartley GM. The chat act as a hive mind collective to control the actions of the main character, while all of the NPCs in the wider world is controlled by me. Enjoy. Welcome to Twitch Tales, episode 14, where we left off last time, for a bit of a recap for you, is that... We are playing Apis Hive. We are a hill dwarf ranger. We are an outline outlander. Uh, we are uh, non-binary. We have a, a giant bee companion. Here's a few things about them anyway. Um, Apis has been traveling for 10 days now, since we, 10 in-game days since we started. Um, we started. Uh, we started in a town called Shadridge, uh, or just outside of a town called Shadridge. We did a a bit of milling around there, and then we discovered a murder. And then we investigated the murder and discovered some goblins were responsible in a nearby uh, goblin camp within the nearby uh, forest, the Fair Woods. While dealing with the goblins, we came across some elves uh, in an elven uh, forest town, and we warned them about the goblins and discovered that they had actually been victim to the goblins as well. We we helped them re uh, recover their, their town from the attacks of the goblins, and we went to a nearby sister town of theirs, um, and where, they, where we discovered again that the goblins had, had raided them before we got there. Uh, so between those two towns, we've helped them to recover, we helped them to harvest a bunch of flowers um, that only bloom once a month, once a month on the full moon. Uh, we killed a displacer beast that had been terrorizing them for uh, a number of years, off and on. And we skinned the displacer beast and took the hide to a uh, a tanner, who, and here's some retcon coming up, guys, who told us at the time uh, that it would it would take him two days to tan the hide. Uh, and then I looked up how long. Uh, hide tanning takes and it usually takes many many weeks <laughs> and so I thought uh, I could say that he's just using like magical abilities and magical tanning techniques uh, but he's from a very small town in the, in a forest and they don't have a, access to a lot of magic so I'm going to retcon it and say that instead, he's, instead of saying that the hide would be ready in two days he said two weeks it will be clean in two days. Uh, he's going to spend the first two days cleaning it and scrubbing all of the excess flesh off of it and all of that sort of stuff um, and doing the preliminary processes needed for tanning because I started looking up the tanning process today. Um, and he, there's a process that of going through where normally you take the, high, the hair off of it, but specifically because we want to turn this into a... Um, we need to turn the displacer beast into a displacer cloak, and we want to keep the hair for the uh, uh, abilities that come with it. Come with it. Uh, we he he has to put in a bit of extra e effort. So basically, the uh, if we did want to go back and collect the hide in two days, it wouldn't be ready to turn into a cloak yet, but it would be it would be clean and therefore less less um, likely to putrefy on the on the journey. But if we don't want it for any reason, we can just leave it with them for two weeks. I've got a note of wh what day that will be specifically. So uh, we can go back in two weeks and get our tanned hide, which we can then start to get enchanted and turn into a an actual displacer cloak with its 
abilities and everything. Um, we left off on day 10 of the journey, day 10 of the adventure so far, which is actually the 20th of Yolabris. Um, and I'll read you the sort of re the review of the last, the last day uh, since this morning, effectively. We, head to, we headed to Helwarin, the original elven uh, town that we went to, which was about a two-hour walk from where we were. Saithen, the spiritual elder, greeted us and took us to Eldar, the leather worker. Um, Eldar inspected the hide and confirmed that he can turn it and it'll take two weeks. Saithen greeted, uh, uh, directed Apis to Talila's house, um, slash apothecary, where we discovered that the garment that we were carrying around with us is a cloak of many fashions. We now are wearing a cloak that has a magical ability to turn itself into any other cloak. It looks like it can it can um, it can mimic the appearance of any other any other cloak or overcoat kind of thing. Uh, it has limitations, of course, and doesn't have doesn't take on any other magical powers, if, even if it uh, mimics a magical cloak. <clears throat> um, she also identified a mystery key for us. Um, which is a an item that has a 1 in 20 chance of unlocking anything that it's put into. So if you come across a door that you really need to unlock and you don't want to take the time to pick it or smash it, you can first try your mystery key on it and there's a 1 in 20 chance that it succeeds. And then if it succeeds, it uh, disappears into dust or whatever. So it only works once. Well, yeah, it only works once. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work on that lock ever. Uh, she taught us a new spell, Protection from Evil and Good. And we bought the necessary material components for that spell from her. The powdered silver and iron that you can see down in that corner of the um, of the inventory there. Nine, nine uses of powdered metal. We went to a, uh, a hunter... And we tra traded in our hunting trap for some more non-magical uh, non rope and some caltrops, which you can see down there. Uh, and we also bought a net. Who's a net? <laughs> um, we headed uh, a two-hour walk-ish to Mwinglofau, which is the mining uh, the drow mining uh, elven town. And w there we met a drow guard called Trell and a, a, a drow bridden. Um, who is a half-drow, half-human, by the name of Anduria Blecken. We heard that the uh, Orochelians, which is the final of the four sister towns, the Orochel, the Orochelians have recently requested that the uh, the Mwinglofau um, weapon creators uh, make more, like up their, up their production of weapons, because their troubles are not yet over. And they'll be sending warriors to each of the sister villages to train up a militia. At the weaponsmith, we traded our mace and short sword for a long sword, which you can see down below me. A long sword and a hunting knife. The hunting knife was given to us as a sort of preliminary gift when we gave the promise to bring Anduria some goblin ears in exchange. Anduria has a particular hatred of goblins. After that, we returned to the goblin camp about an hour, hour and a half away from Winglofau. So we've done a lot of walking today, probably about five, six hours of walking. Um, and we returned to the goblin camp where we discovered 
that it has been cleared out, any salvageable items have been retrieved, and any destroyed items are littering the clearing, including the bodies of the goblins. And that's where we'll pick up right now. It is late afternoon into the evening um, of the 20th of Yolabras, and we are standing in a destroyed goblin camp, partially destroyed by our doing, partially by the ogre's doing, and partially by an unknown entity. We have, uh, we have, let's see how many gobl how many dead goblins would there be? We killed, we snapped a neck, uh, we shot an arrow through that guy, the bees killed that one, um, the wolves tore that guy apart, uh, we tied that guy to the tree, we don't know if he's dead or not, we shot, I don't think we shot any more with arrows, We'll say we'll say there's uh, we'll say there's seven dead uh, seven dead goblins around um, and potentially one tied to a tree as well. So seven or eight, if the one tied to the tree is still here and dead. Um, of those eight, the boss was not uh, he was not left in a position where you ha can access his ears <laughs> because he was partially eaten by the wolves. Um, who literally just tore him apart uh, and, and, and didn't leave anything that would um, resemble an ear. So if you wanted to now start going around um, collecting goblin ears, you can find uh, you can find six of them, six of the right ears, uh, and then you can go down to see if the other one was still tied to the tree. But that sounds like a decision to be made by you guys. So I will open up my Nightbot. Yes, Katrina. So you have been gifted a... Um, what's that called again? Which is... Uh, which is a 10, 000, for 10,000 copper pieces when you're watching. Um, you can choose to name a person, a place, a thing, an item, whatever you want. Uh, give me like a paragraph, no more than a paragraph of, uh, of of detail about it, and then I can stick it in the world somewhere. I missed that. Why are we thinking of collecting goblin ears? So there were two 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 reasons. Uh, one of them is that we met a we met somebody who uh, despises goblins, and as a promise to uh, as a, as a way of talking them into giving us a hunting knife for free, um, because we couldn't afford to buy it. Uh, we promised that we would bring them some goblin ears of the of the dead goblins that we'd already killed as proof that we have slayed some goblins and she would be like sweet a dead goblin's a good goblin uh, another reason for it is that we heard before leaving um, before leaving Shadridge seven eight, yeah about seven days ago um, we heard that the uh, there was potentially going to be a bounty on goblins put up, and so if we ever go back to Shadridge, uh, having some goblin ears may may earn us a bit of money. Yeah, just any Anduria just uh, yeah Anduria just needed to know that we'd killed some goblins and would would take the. Uh, 
would take the sh- uh, Freude as payment for the the hunting knife. All right. So if you went, if you want to type in exclamation mark camp into the chat, C A M P, as in we are standing in a goblin camp. Yes, collecting rat tails or pelts is a time-honored way of proving your work for bounties, and that's basically that's basically what they're doing, but with goblin ears. So, what are some of the things that we could do right now? We're uh, in a co- goblin camp. It's le- it's uh, early evening-ish, so we have a few more hours of um, it's spring. It's early spring, so it's probably getting dark about now. Even though we've got a few more hours of the day. Um, We don't have a few more hours of the light. It's early springtime. So we have maybe an hour more of light, um, and then we have to probably set up camp somewhere, or, you know, we're not completely uh, done for the day, so we could find find a place to, to sleep, or we could walk for another couple of hours if we wanted to go towards a particular direction. Uh, a few of the things that have been talked about in the Discord Twitch Tales chat as potential avenues to explore still, a sort of open-ended, um, what's the word, open-ended threads would be go back to Shadridge um, for the purposes of A, collecting a bounty there, B, telling the people there that you've dealt with the goblins, C, telling the people of Shadridge that there's elves living nearby just in case anything that starts up any sort of avenue for trade um just basically reporting back we could also go to the place where we know there is a portal to the feywild and and head into the feywild we've been asked by a fey creature to talk to uh the um the the merry man that we met one time um so we might want to do that at some point there was also the prospect of looking for clues in the camp here to see if there are clues left behind as to who salvaged the salvageable elements of this camp whether there's more goblins out there or some other creature that was working with the goblins we could what else was there we could hang around in one of the elven towns i guess and work earn some money or help them in some way i don't know the world is your oyster in that sense you can do whatever you really want to do we haven't searched for a trail yet no we haven't searched for a trail and we haven't uh, taken any ears we we ended off the last session at the point of arriving in the in the goblin camp to see that it had been completely taken down send mel to scout the area we tied up crack where we keep watch and gather the ears here yep also, we stayed in a traveller's hut about an hour from here after we took the camp out. Could go back there to rest. Yeah, absolutely. There's a um, there's a, a, a travelling hut about an hour out of here. Yeah, he was a he was a merry man. He was a sort of a gentleman with a merry disposition. We need to look at the elven library for a magic book called Ducky McDuckface, Ruler of the World, <laughs> for the children playing with Melby. Yeah. All right, let's have a little look. Uh, three, two, one. The Game Mummy. Welcome to the chat, The Game Mummy. If you are still in the chat, can you let us know? Without, there it is, OMG. Now, The Game Mummy, you, you get to decide, what should we do? What, what do you think you would do in this situation? If you need any more 
description as to what exactly the situation is, then let me know. Uh, there's no wrong answers per se, so don't worry. How late is it approximately? So it is approximately equivalent to about 5 or 6 p.m. Uh, in early spring. So it is, it is getting dark in about an hour's time. We're not feeling tired yet. We'll probably be, we'll probably be able to stay up for another like three, four hours uh, before we have to start sleeping, start our long rest. We've got about three or four hours more of the day, but um, but we've only got about an hour more of the, the light. Can we make camp and then hunt for food? We can do that, yeah. Um, if you see below me over here in the inventory, all of the stuff below me is the things that we have in our bag. So you'll see down there, there's a thing called rations. So we actually have some dried food on us. If we wanted, uh, if we want to not have to hunt, we can just eat the food that we've got. Uh, but we all we are also a very adept hunter, so we can either forage or hunt for food, and we'll be able to get it easy enough. Did I miss the episode where we got the neck? got the net instead of the mean trap. Yes, uh, you must have, PsyQ. That was at the end of last episode, end of episode 13. We went to a hunter and we said, hey, this hunting trap doesn't really do it for us anymore because we hate to injure animals for no reason. Uh, so can we trade you out? Uh, and, they, and, we, and we got a net and some caltrops and a 50-foot rope as well in return for the, the hunting trap. Do we want to collect any ears? We do want to collect ears at some point, but we might want to set up camp and get something to eat first. Nice roast rabbit would be really nice. Awesome. All right. So again, mummy says we are going to, um, so Apis's stomach starts to growl. They decide, yep, we want to probably get some goblin ears at some point, but that's not necessarily, it's not like these goblins are going anywhere. <laughs> they were killed a couple days ago and they're still here. So we will, I will roll a survival check for Apis. First, roll of the session. You see down here guys, down on that side of the screen you can see a box called skills where it says animal handling, athletics, perception, stealth and survival. Those are the skills that Apis is good at, um, particularly good at, proficient at some might say. So I'm going to roll a skill check for survival which is the skill that I use for determining how well you can set up a camp in, in, in this sort of a situation out in the wilderness. So we roll a d20, which gives us an 11, and then we add four to it because uh, two from our wisdom and two from being particularly good at the skill. Um, and because we're in a forest situation and forest is our favorite terrain, we get to add another one to that. So instead of a 15, we get a 16. 16 survival check means that we can set up a camp very nice, uh, very nicely, very easily. Uh, it's it's um, There are some destroyed tents that weren't taken because they weren't considered worth salvaging by whatever came through here and took the rest of the salvageables. And so we use some of that uh, discarded uh, canvas and some sticks and very quickly it takes us less than half an hour and we've put together a nice little tent that's going to shield us from any elements over the night. Uh, and we've also in that time set up a little bit of a, a stone fire pit to contain a campfire. So we go out we start to uh, start to look for firewood. Um, takes us maybe we don't want, we want to hunt before we lose the light, so we want to hunt for uh, hunt for food before the firewood actually. So now I'm going to make another survival check. Actually, no, I'm going to make a yeah, no, it'll be a survival check. 
I'm going to make another survival check and we're going to see if we can find some rabbits. Um, before I roll it, would I give you advantage on this? No, no reason for advantage, but we will get a, the bonus of being in the forest. Uh, hey, look at that. So we got a 16 on the dice, plus four, plus another one for being in a forest. So we get a 21 total. It only takes us about 20 minutes of hunting before we find the rabbit hole that we're looking for. And we think, perfect. Uh, this is definitely a rabbit hole. Um, we investigate it. We put down the, put our ear to it and hear some sounds of scurrying uh, down there. And we realize, yep, here we go. Um, yes, sorry, forest bonus is a plus two. Yes, not a plus one. So forest bonus uh, takes it to a 22, not a 21. Doesn't change the outcome. Shh, be very, very quiet. We're hunting rabbits. <laughs> we find this rabbit hole. We set up a snare trap with our rope and, um, uh, and, and twigs and rocks and things like that. We're very adept at putting up this sort of uh, hunting trap. And then we bait it with a little bit of the rations. Um, and we only wait for like 10 minutes as we walk around finding firewood in the nearby area. Uh, and right as we're about to head back towards the camp, we hear it twang as this uh, rabbit's come out to find the the, the, the snare, uh, to find the uh, interesting food, uh, food smell that's out right outside of its its uh, warren and been snared by our snare trap. And we go back. We very quickly, very adeptly, without any, uh, any unnecessary pain to the rabbit, dispatch of it and take it back to our... Our uh, our camp. We drop off the firewood, start to skin the rabbit, and stick it on a spit over the over the fire that is now crackling away nicely. Meanwhile, Mel has been buzzing round while we were hunting. What do you what do you think we would have suggested uh, that Mel does? Mel is not controlled by us per se. She is her own thing. She is a sentient creature, but she's kind of like a cross between a friend and a pet. So she'll she'll usually do what we suggest, unless it hurts her in any way. So, what do you what do you think we would have suggested to her um, that we do? Can we keep a paw for good luck? <laughs> so we actually have a, a good luck instrument already. Oh, Wraith's told you about it. So right down here in this corner here of her inventory, you can see a lucky horseshoe. So that means that once per day, we can choose to re-roll something that we don't like. If we get a natural one, uh, that's really bad luck. Or if something is about to hit us with a critical hit, something like that, we can use our lucky horseshoe once per day ability to re-roll it. So we don't need the the lucky horseshoe, uh, the lucky um, rabbit foot, because we've already got a lucky horseshoe. She could go find some honey, make sure there's nothing dangerous in the area. All right, so tell her to do the uh, do the little scouting out. She, yeah, she scouts the area for anything dangerous and keeps her eye out for any sweet uh, nectar as well. Maybe she'll be able to make us a little bit of honey over the, over the long rest or something. So on behalf of Mel, I will roll her a survival check. No, sorry, a perception check. Using Mel B's stats. I'll use a. I'll make a perception check, and we'll see if she can see how well she's uh, keeping her eye out for the the dangers in the area. Uh, she's definitely going to go and check check the area where we tied up the goblin a few days ago, and see if that's see if that goblin's still there. 
<laughs> so uh, on her on her perception check, she gets very quickly distracted by um, by some very sweet smelling flowers nearby, <laughs> and she spends she spends some time uh, rolling around in the, in the pollen of some sweet flowers, and uh, and she gets completely distracted with the 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 actual purpose of checking the area for danger. She got a natural one, um, and, and so she's she's not focused at all. So we get back and start cooking up the rabbit, and and she buzzes buzzes back over to us when she hears the rabbit, uh, uh, hears the flower and everything. Here's the, ugh. she buzzes back over to us when she hears the fire, and the sounds of us getting back and skinning rabbits and snapping twigs and things, and she's suddenly snapped out of her pollen-induced reverie. <laughs> and buzzes back over to us. Uh, you you are very quick. I did not uh, hear. I did not. Uh, it was I, I barely had time to even have a look around. Oh uh, yeah. What, what you uh, what you find? Anything in the area? No, no, nothing interesting, really. <laughs> bee nip. Yes, <laughs> she found she found the bee version of catnip. No, no, nothing interesting. Uh, what did you find? <laughs> Uh, I, I I was very successful. I found myself um, a rabbit uh, and a nice nice big big one too. Um, found found some firewood. I think it's going to be a nice nice uh, <laughs> a nice evening. She's a chain smoker bee. Yeah, she is French. Yes. So for anyone just joining us, um, Sylvan, the language that she speaks to us in, is based on French in my world. And so I give her a French accent when she speaks. And she sounds a little bit like a train smoker. Samborain, thank you for the subscription at Tier 1 for two months now. So uh, we have had ourselves um, uh, a good time uh, hunting and, and setting up camp and getting back to just being us alone. Uh, we were used to, for several years, we have been... In fact, all our lives, really, we've been a bit of a loner. Apis grew up in the forest, different forest, because they from a different town. Uh, they grew up just exploring the Schafgushel, uh, the um, Giftigald forest near Schafgushel, where they grew up. And they just enjoy their own company. They're social enough. They're sociable enough. You can see that they've got a plus one charisma. They know how to speak to people when they have to, but they just they're they're a bit introverted in that sense. So the last 10 days have largely been spent in the company of three different towns, um, four if you count Munglofau. And so they've, they've, it probably makes sense that uh, Apis's social batteries need to recharge in that sense. So, so Apis is having a, I, th I feel like Apis would be having a good time at the moment, just enjoying their own company. And uh, they enjoy Mel's company as well, but Mel is, different she doesn't feel like a person as much as uh, as other people and so apis doesn't feel as socially awkward or anxious or uh socially obligated to to act certain ways around her she, uh, apis is much better with animals than they are with people and and, and mel obviously feels a lot more like like an animal than a person can we groom the bee and play her some panpipe tunes while the rabbit is roasting yeah absolutely game mommy why not I don't know. Oh, groom the bee is in like physically groom groom her the way that um, rabbits and things would. Uh, rabbits? I meant apes, but I saw the word rabbit. <laughs> Freudian slip. Um, 
Yes. So uh, while we while we are roasting the rabbit, we sit um, and just like sit in silence and enjoy uh, Mel's company, sitting who sits next to us, um, a, a light uh, down on like a rock beside us, and we just absentmindedly start picking some of the. Um, Oh, what are they called? I used to know the name of them. What are the what are those burrs? Burrs is the word I was looking for. Um, it looks like everyone's got their own word for these things. The the burrs, the things that attach to animals as they pass by, and that's their way of spreading. She's got a bunch of burrs attached to her, and you just kind of absentmindedly start plucking them off of her, um, and then roast, remembering to uh, to turn the spit and roast the rabbit all the way through. Um, and then after we. Uh, she she uh, she thanks us once she realizes what we're doing and kind of rolls rolls over and uh, itches scratches the itch and then uh, and then we we say uh, would you mind if we play some um, music I feel like playing some panpipes um, I don't feel like I did a very good job of it the other day and uh, I kind of want to practice a little bit yeah, no no please be my guest I, it is always nice to hear uh, your your people music and. Uh, it is it is a very peculiar uh, habit that you have, uh, not just you but others as well. Like you, uh, the people, uh, the way that they make sounds and they make they make the sounds sound uh, fun and interesting. I'm always happy to hear the music, and so we get the uh, panpipes out, and you can see over there that we are proficient with brewers' tools and panpipes. So I'm going to make a performance check. Uh, basically, it's going to be a charisma check plus our um, proficiency with panpipes. So I will just do a skill check charisma. Skill charisma, and then it's going to be plus two to whatever this rolls. Uh, we got a 20 total. Nice. 20 total plus two for our um, panpipe proficiency. Unfortunately, playing the panpipes doesn't have specific rela uh, relation to us being in the forest so we don't get our forest bonus but nightbot is being generous to us yeah so we um we play the pan pipes and it's good it goes very well without the without the pressure to perform well for any audience we're playing for ourselves, and and we we play a lovely little tune uh, i feel like i should look up some pan pipe music to go here <laughs> maybe i'll do that when i edit this video together Hey Rob, future Rob, put some panpipe music here. Some royalty-free royalty free panpipe music. It's one of the things that I feel like these sessions could benefit from is like a back a backing track while we're while we're playing. But I'm so bad with music, I don't know I don't ever know how to find appropriate music and it feels like it would take up so much of my time to try and search through archives of royalty-free music looking for good stuff. Nightbot better not do as the dirty on the scary rolls. Yeah, <laughs> using using all the high rolls up. That's how uh, random chance works. Why can we play the panpipes when no one's around? But we we suck when the panpipes when it matters. That's that's the case in real world uh, quite often, isn't it, Wraith? We when we when we're doing something on our own or when nobody's around, we're really good at it and we're like, hey, we we're really good at this thing. And then as soon as you're around somebody that you actually want to show off your abilities to. All goes to crap. Are there any pan, pan, pan pipists in the chat? Pan pipers. If only, yeah, if only you had a fan base who could do the listening and send you recommendations. If only, Marie. If only. 
Well, c'est la vie. Lucky the rabbit was grilled just fine, not the usual poison we produce for other people. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we finish our panpipe music uh, just around the time that the rabbit is is completely cooked through and ready to ready to eat. Um, we uh, we have a nice little meal. Um, we offer we offer some to Mel as well, but she she politely declines. She's not one for eating meat. Um, she eats the she gets her sustenance from the pollen and, and nectar that she takes from the flowers. Um, so she declines the meat, the rabbit more for us. We finish it off or finish as much as we feel like. And then we, um, uh, wrap up the rest in some, in some leaves for, uh, for keeping for later. Add to, add it to our ration supply. Remembers roasting a rabbit in Diggins Temple with Lakara way back when. Yeah, the, the, the memory stirs for you. Um, Apis is 53 now, and they were, I think, 40, 40 years old when they met Diggin. So it would have been 13 years ago. A, mem a memory stirs from 13 years ago of being in a, a particularly secluded part of the Giftigald forest called, known as uh, known as Diggin's Temple, um, taking Lakara on a, on a camping trip, our friend Lakara. And we roasted up a rabbit while we told scary stories because it was on uh, Miganash's Eve which is the equivalent of Halloween told scary stories ate rabbit together and then that night we disappeared we went into an another plane of existence and met uh, met a, an arch fay and we lost all of our memories when we came back from the Feywild that uh, the next morning the thought occurs to us after we have this memory, the thought occurs to us that if we were to go into the Feywild again this time to meet with uh, the, this merry gentleman of sorts, it could well be that when we come back again, we lose our memories uh, once more. So it's, uh, it's something to take into account when we decide what to do next. Finally, some quiet, and we have our skills back. That's what it is. Nightbot's saying, "See what happens when you when you chill and in your introvert way, and you just enjoy yourself." Can we do some fixing and repairing of our armor, blood stains and stuff? Sharpen our blade, redo the bowstring while we're chilling. Absolutely can. Uh, so it's probably about half an hour after sundown, um, which means that it's probably relatively dark now. It's it's still sort of twilight time, so we can still see fine, especially with our dark vision. We can see perfectly fine. Uh, but in another uh, in another hour, it'll be fully dark. It'll be fully officially nighttime. Um, so we probably want to start doing the cutting of ears at this point. I will make the executive decision on your behalf uh, that that's that's what we'll do now. Now now that we've uh, finished eating and it's uh, a bit of a gory task, so we don't want to do it while we were eating. Uh, but now that we're finished and we're feeling a bit more relaxed. We start to head round to the uh, goblins and start to get the start to get their ears. Now, um, I'll say that we can. I said there was a potential for six, right? So I'll roll a d4 plus two, and we'll see how many of them we get. And the others have either decomposed or been eaten by the wolves and things. 
uh, we got a three. So three plus two, five point five ears. We found it, managed to find five of the uh, goblin ears. Um, and I will make a note to add that to our inventory at some point. Five times goblin ears. Goblins have very pointed, uh, very uh, almost elven, in but not up so much as out. Uh, they're kind of like, is there an animal, real world animal with ears like this? Deers maybe? I'm not sure. No, the deers have kind of like leaf shaped ears, don't they? Can't think of an can't think of a, a real world analogy, but the goblins have thin, very thin ears that are very pointed and out to the side. Yoda, <laughs> Yoda, kind of Yoda ears, but thinner. Um, and so it doesn't take much to just, it's a single sli slice of a hunting knife and the ear comes off. Um, they must be stinky by now. Yeah, they've, they've, they've gone through the, uh, the rigor mortis stage and into the, uh, through the bloating stage. And now they're into the, I can't remember what comes after. I used to know the decomposition stages off by heart. Don't ask me why. Uh, whatever comes after the bloating stage. And they're starting to stink a bit. It's not nice. We've not set up camp anywhere downwind of any of the rotting goblin corpses. Um, and then we head to the place where we tied up crack. And we discover, once we find it, uh, we discover a uh, a rope that once belonged to us that has been sliced nicely all the way down from the tree uh, and so we find several several thin parts of rope about uh, it'd probably be about five four four feet long about four foot long strips of rope uh, where we had tied it round and round and round on the on the tree and there is a a cut groove into the tree um, where these ropes have been sliced and crack released so whether that was the goblins or whether that was someone else, Crack was cut loose. And whether he was still alive at the time or not, uh, hard to know. So Crack may be alive, but Crack may have also died and then someone took the corpse for whatever reason. Would I please know of anyone who might be able to restore lost memories after they've been lost? A capable priest or druid or temple? Because I have a fun idea. I don't believe that Apis knows anyone of that description. Uh, we know some people who are acolytes um, and clerics of Yolashti, the god of the goddess of uh, the forest and fungus and and plant life in general. Uh, we've met those and we've spent the last couple of uh, days with them, but they w they wouldn't have powers of restoration of memory. Um, they would have to. They would have to search out, seek out somebody like that. In metagaming, however, there's a few of us who take extensive notes. What are we saying? Apis is not explicitly known for doing that. What, doing what? I keep up. <laughs> One thing leads me further up the chat to another thing. Um, would it happen now that Apis is a horizon walker? Maybe. But theoretically... Uh, we were still a horizon walker back in the day because the um the whole point of why we met the merry gentleman was that he uh, we we stepped we stepped into um the feywild without using a portal and he was alerted to that and said oh, you're a horizon walker interesting and then when we returned to this material plane we lost our memories so yes it, being a horizon walker doesn't seem to affect the fey mind fuckery 
we do have a whetstone that we got given in the first episode, but we did uh, but we did just buy a brand new sword, so it probably doesn't need all that much sharpening. Correct. So the sword and hunting knife that we just bought don't need sharpening, but the longbow you always need to wax your strings and take care of it and things. So we we will we'll spend some time now that we've got the six goblin ears. Uh, sorry, five that I said, didn't I? Uh, five goblin ears. Um, we don't necessarily need to do anything else, so we will spend some time restringing our bow and whatnot. Just general upkeep of our uh, our armor. I would recommend checking for tracks tomorrow. It's dark now. We do have dark vision, but yes, you would you would have an easier time of it in the uh, in the light. By the time we've got the goblin ears and things, I'll say it's officially nighttime. And although we still have like an hour or two of like feeling fine, we could probably go to sleep at any time from this point on. We did use a portal to get back rather than our own abilities. That is correct, Sparrow. Yes, we did. If the Feywild is memory losing or the Merry G is the memory eraser. Could be either. We don't we don't happen to know either one. So what if Apis would carve into their gear, restore lost memory, or maybe stitch it into their clothing so it becomes an entire quest when they come back from the Feywild? Yeah. They wouldn't necessarily know need to do that because they know that if it was to happen again, they would know that their memory is lost. It's not it's not um it's not like the memory of the memory of the memory loss is also erased. They would remember that they have forgotten things. Fey mindfuckery. That's that's what it's called. Are we being subtly guided towards a portal by a creek? I'm not subtly guiding you towards anything. I'm just saying that that is an option that many people had already uh, talked about doing. And if you do it, be aware that you might forget everything when you come back. Interpreted the Apis's abilities still being dormant when they were 40, not truly awakened. Maybe. We don't know yet. We, we, have, we, we forgot the rest of that conversation. We just, we just have the memory of meeting Diggin and him saying, uh, oh, you're a Horizon Walker. We have much to discuss. And then we forgot the rest of the conversation, so we don't know what happened or what it means or how long we've been a Horizon Walker or anything. I suppose we've got two two choices of where to sleep. We can either sleep in this camp that we've set up here uh, or we can go to the hut about an hour away. Uh, it's about an hour's walk away. So let me set up a poll for you guys. All right, so with 57% of the vote, we are going to sleep an, in the hut an hour away because of it being uh, more safe. So we decide that reluctantly... We're in two minds about it, but we decide that uh, at the end of the day, whatever did come through here, if they happen to come back, we don't want to be caught un unawares while we're sleeping. We won't be keeping watch. Uh, we won't have anyone to keep watch with us. So we're always safer to stay in one of those uh, Penkempur and Amglashid huts. So we know where it is. We remember the way. It's only an hour away. We've, we, we don't feel super tired yet. So we get up. We kick the kick dirt over the embers of the fire. Um, and then we set off walking with uh, with Mel in tow, just just enjoying the cool night air. And we make it all the way to the uh, we make it all the way to the the hut again, where we find it as we left it. It doesn't seem like anyone else has used it since we did a few nights ago. We sleep in the uh, the halfway hut, and in the morning we wake up. There was no 
issues during the night. Nothing woke us. Nothing attacked. Uh, Mel has had a nice little snooze as well. And it is now the morning of the 21st of Yalabris. What do we want to do now? All right. So if you want to decide what Apis should do now, the world is your oyster. Exclamation mark morning. M-O-R-N-I-N-G. Morning. We have five goblin ears, Lyric Lost, yes. The completionist in me is yearning to finally close the Shadridge loop. <laughs> yep, could do, but it wouldn't necessarily close it, would it? Because it's an open world, uh, open world story that we're creating, not a video game. So you go back to Shadridge, there's a good likely chance that unless you go back there with blinkers on and run in there, tell the person you need to tell whatever you need to tell, and then run, turn around and run away without listening to anything. La 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 la. Unless you do that, then there's a good chance that there's something going on in the world at that point that will open up a new loop. So going back to Shadridge is a choice that, yes, you may be going back there to complete a loop, but you may already decide, you may, you may find out when you get there that there's more going on. Investigate if goblin activity is still going and look for clues for other influencers to see if Ferrin was right about the goblins being employed by a malign and currently unseen influence. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that the other villagers have told the cousin or niece or whatever that Apis spends a long time alone, so to wait a decent amount of time before deciding to leave. Maybe. Check the camp in the daylight for any clues. If we can't find them, then I reckon to head to Shadridge and let them know how we've been getting on. Yep, we're not a million miles away from Shadridge. We'd be able to get there before sundown if we set off uh, this morning. Can't leave it hanging forever. Yep. I wonder if there uh, is any goblins which were out on patrol while the camp was destroyed. There were there were some goblins that were out on patrol where the camp while their camp was destroyed. But while we were looting the camp, the goblins that were out on patrol came back and encountered us and almost killed us. But we managed to get away. Um, uh, and then we also discovered more goblins that were out on patrol uh, and we killed them as well. So we are pretty confident at this stage that no goblins from that camp are currently still alive or out there except maybe crack and whoever saved crack tori is probably pretty safe unlike uh, unlikely they double the double raid the same area correct as safe as shit gets in this world anyway yeah <laughs> Not thinking, tell them there's no more goblins because we don't know that for sure. I'm meaning tell them what we, how many we've killed and see if any more activity. Yep. All right. Time to pick it. Who's it going to be? Sparrow, fly away. So Sparrow is still in the chat. I can see you've just mentioned something there. So I know you're still here. Uh, so what do you think we should do, Sparrow? You, got, you, you take control of Apis for the morning and decide what their first plan of attack is for the for the day anyway. Lots of different options, lots of different open threads to potentially pull at. Or you could do something completely different. You could be like, you know what? I want to see what's further north into this forest. And you can just go in a completely random direction and find out what's out there. The truth is out there. Sparrow says, go back to the goblin camp, check it for clues in the daylight, especially the destroyed area and where Crack was tied up. Wonderful. So we, uh, we, we decide to go back to the goblin camp. Uh, 
we set off through the forest, uh, an hour's walk with um, with our Mel B in in uh, in tow. Um, just walk in silence for about an hour as we as we walk. We sort of um, absent-mindedly are foraging at the same time. We just can't, can't kind of can't help it at this stage. Uh, I'm not gonna. I've decided I'm not gonna start. I'm not gonna uh, continue to track the number of rations we have while ever we are in a forest situation because as a as a, a ranger who is an outlander specifically, um, the outlander feature says that you are particularly good at finding food and blah blah blah. So. I'll just assume that whenever we're in a forest, we're keeping our rations replenished as we're walking between from place to place. We're just snapping things off of bushes and like, oh, this is edible. I'll put that in my bag. And oh yeah, this is an edible root there. I'll dig it up and just doing some absent-minded foraging from here, here, here and there. So we're 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 good for rations whenever we're in a forest. We arrive at the goblin camp. It seems to be left in exactly the situa the same situation as we left it. Uh, Aside from some of the goblin corpses have been moved a little bit, um, we investigate them, and with our passive investigation, without having to roll for it, we're intelligent enough to, with a plus three, we can we can uh, see passively that there's some animal uh, influence in why they've moved. They've they've been started to be uh, eaten a lot more now that they're getting fragrant <laughs> in the in the spring air. There's some forest animals that have made home here and started eating some of the uh, the goblin remains. They're also quite stinky with flies and maggots and things around them as well because they've started to get started to have all of the forest critters decomposing them. Uh, <laughs> yes, we can say that Apis and Mel eat breakfast on their journey. Uh, Apis nibbles on some berries and things and some edible leaves and stuff just to have something in the belly for the day. Not like me. Wolves could still be in the area, it seems, yes. Apis does some shrooms on the way. <laughs> so, I am going to make an investigation check for... Specifically looking for clues now. We go to the area where... Um, uh, the, the tents were all smashed up, and uh, um, specifically the area where we remember leaving a tent full of food. So we go to the area where the, the tent full of food was, which we know to be ha ha salvaged. And whatever it was that salvaged it is obviously going to have to have carried it somewhere. Um, it's going to have left a trail of some kind, hopefully. So let's do an uh, investigation first. And if we can find the trail, then tracking it will be a survival check. A 10, but it's forest-based, so we get a plus 2 to that. So it's a 12. So with a 12, we don't find it very quickly but when we get to the area where the tent was um we find definitely the depression in the ground where the tent pegs were we find the area of the um the the compressed undergrowth of the the forest where the 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 floor the 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 ground sheet of the, this this tent was um and it takes us about 10 minutes or so to to find some tracks leading out from there that that we can determine are definitively tracks. Um, it seems like whatever has made these tracks is either traveling light, so they're not making much of a compression in the ground. Uh, maybe they're traveling in not great numbers um, because they're not leaving huge 
a huge wake of destruction of the the, the forest um, plants in the in the in their wake. Um, one reason or another, for whatever reason, the they don't leave much of a trail, but they do leave a bit of a trail. Uh, because we are a ranger and uh, forest is our favorite terrain, when we are tra- when we're tracking this thing, if we choose to track these tracks uh, and follow them, we will learn after an hour or so of tr- uh, tracking them. If we succeed in that, uh, succeed in keeping the trail for that amount of time, then we'll learn a whole bunch of other stuff about them. One of the cool features about being a ranger is that we get to learn uh, exact numbers and sizes and things of our quarry. If you're traveling for an hour or more in your favored terrain, forest, you gain the following benefits. Blah, 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 blah. And while tracking other creatures, you learn their exact number, their sizes, and how long ago they passed through the area. So if we should choose to track these tracks, um, and we manage to keep the tracks for an hour, then we'll learn more information about them at that point. The tracks seem to be going north out of this goblin camp. Um, before we leave the goblin camp area, though, we remember uh, we remember the area where we left area the left where we left the um, uh, slices of uh, the sliced up rope that was tying up crack, and so we headed back over to there to to uh, to the area around crack, and we'll investigate that area as well now let's do another investigation check skill invest uh this is a 23 that's a nat 20 plus three plus two from the um from the uh forester bonus of being a ranger so we get a 25 investigation check on this area now they've left much more clues here it seems like from the from the groove in the tree we can investigate that first we learn several things. A, we learn that from the amount of sap that has leaked out of this, this wound of the tree, we learn that the uh, the whatever cut it, they were probably here about three days ago, give or take. You also learn from the from the cut in the tree that it was made by a metal weapon um, of a slicing nature, um, a slashing weapon of some of sorts. It doesn't seem to have been made by an axe as much as... Uh, so it's not like a um, a chopping weapon. It's been made by a slash. Uh, so you imagine that it's been cut by some sort of a sword. It doesn't seem to be small enough to have been a hunting knife or a dagger. It seems like it would be like a long sword, maybe even a great sword. And of the height that it has started the cut to the tree... It seems like it has been made from a creature that is, would be larger than a goblin. So both from the size of the weapon that's cut the thing and from the uh, from the the angle at which it was cut, it seems like it would have been swung by at least a medium-sized creature. So your size or larger. And finally, what we learn about the cut in the tree, there was one th- other thing that just flashed across my mind. What was it? Um, oh, we, we learned from it that it wasn't hacked at. It was cut in a single motion, um, so it was something that is proficient with a weapon, in uh, sort of has military training, in ways that goblins definitely wouldn't usually. So it seems like it's it seems like it has been cut by something uh, capable of wielding such a weapon, strong enough to to do the job, 
and it hasn't dug into the tree the entire way so it's not like it's something that has misgaged the distance it's like cut it, it, it's it's a very specific cut that has cut exactly what it needed to and not no more really so you learn quite a lot of information when you get an, a, a nat 20 on the investigation check and you've got a plus three plus two uh, <laughs> so 25 gets you quite a lot of information with that nat 20 as well so that's all you learn from the the cut and the destroyed rope but with the with that information you also see uh, you also investigation rather you also find that uh, there's some very dried blood around the base of the tree from if you remember crack was tied to the tree after you after you used your hunting trap to smash into his leg you like cut cut his leg broke his ankle and everything and like smashed up his leg and then you broke his teeth you but you smashed in his face and, uh, and and broke his teeth into his mouth <laughs> and so crack was left up left quite bloody and wounded before you tied him to the tree and so there's quite a lot of dried blood around the tree from where he was left there and then there is a trail that leaves leads from the tree away back towards sort of the camp proper towards sort of the northeast uh, back into the, the camp proper um of now dried blood that seems to have been left there after he was released from the tree and so it seems like crack was still bleeding when he was released or new wounds opened up before he was released or something perhaps so you learn quite a lot of information with that decent investigation check the goblins had scimitars they did yes cutting the rope wood and, on, and one slice only it's the highlander <laughs> it's the highlander it's the only option <laughs> maybe it didn't leave many tracks because they were skilled at not leaving them it that may be the case now that comes into apis's mind as as one of the potential uh possibilities now that whatever it whatever it is has not left tracks perhaps because it's skilled um now that you've seen the skill of the slice in the uh, in cutting crack loose so it seems like perhaps verin was right that the goblins were acting you know in a more militaristic fashion uh, with their calculated ambushes um than than goblins usually act especially ogres as well So it seems like they took him the sameish direction as the food. Yeah, they took him to back towards the camp proper. By the time you get into the camp proper, uh, the the trails have completely like disappeared of Crack and the other guy, uh, or whoever it was that cut him loose. Um, the, those trails have completely disappeared because they've gotten into the camp proper. But then you've still got the trails leaving the camp proper from where they where they um, took the the food and the other salvaged items. So you've still got track tracks to follow if you want let's go kill crack then <laughs> he's still got an ear we can take <laughs> can we follow the bloody tracks it wasn't exactly fresh blood both when he was released and it's definitely been a few days since since he left the blood so there's not a lot of uh, bloody track but it definitely will help in track in keeping track of the group if there is indeed such a group New wounds, or was rescued shortly after being tied up. Had to, had to tell, unfortunately, Valiant Rose. Even with a twenty-five, it wasn't that. It was. It's been too many days for you to be able to tell that level of detail, like how long he was tied to the tree before being uh, saved is hard for you to tell. Could it be a bounty hunter of sorts? Maybe. Could be. 
Crack isn't amongst those dead in the camp, so this agent presumably took him with them or let him go his way. Yep, correct. You have not seen Crack's body. You would definitely recognize the one that had been punched in the face and smashed with the ankle. Don't kill him, just really badly hurt him and bind him to something else. <laughs> the dark side awaits. <laughs> Alright, so we've had... Uh, we've done our investigation that Sparrow said. Was there anything else you suggested, Sparrow? Check the goblin camp for clues in the daylight, especially the destroyed area where Crack was tied up. So we've done all of that. Uh, that's all of your... That was everything that you suggested, Sparrow. So do you suggest anything else right now? Oh, yeah, there we go. Let's do it. Follow the trail as best we can. Not, not much point in finding the tracks if we don't follow them. Yep, fair enough. Just FYI, the tracks do lead north of the goblin camp, and uh, Shadridge is south and a little bit west of the goblin camp so we are moving directly away from shadridge if we do go this way i'm not saying we don't do that just that's a decision that apis would know about that would that would be information that apis would know so i want to make sure that you guys are aware of it as well when you're making your decisions could leave a trail marker and come back to it could but the longer you leave it the harder the trail becomes to follow Is Sparrow still around? Um, I think so. They said something before. So we are going to start tracking or trailing this uh, this light track as best we can. This thing that leave, leaves the leaves this camp and heads in a northward direction. I'm conscious of the fact that we need to get back to Shadridge, tell them, but I think we need to investigate this while we still can. Plus we do need to recharge our social batteries some more before we go back there again. Perfect. All right. I'm going to give you inspiration for for remembering something that is, uh, while it's not necessarily the greatest thing mechanically, it is something that you're, you're, you're making a choice because of um, this, because of roleplay perspective, like things keeping in mind that who Apis is and how they, decisions they would make because of who they are and not because of that's the best thing to do in the game. So we've got inspiration. Well done. Um, we are going to make a survival check then. Here we go. Let's hope for the best. Skill survival. Uh, we are in a forest, so we will get our plus two bonus to this. Uh, there's a nat 20. <laughs> Nightbot's really wanting us to find the clues around this campsite, apparently. <laughs> nat 20 on investigating to find clues and nat 20 on, on uh, tracking them as well. Nat 20, plus four, because we're super good at survival, plus another two, because it's in a forest. Two nat 20s in a row. Nightbot is in our in our favor today. Well done, Nightbot. It missed us. <laughs> Needless to say, with a 26 survival check, we do manage to keep a track of the, uh, the tracks. They are faint, but they are still... Uh, there's still something that we can find with our our abilities. Mel helps us as well. She's not good with um, with tracking, but she's good with getting an aerial view. So she flies up at, at strategic points and has an and has an idea of the layout of the land. Gets a bird's eye view of of the direction that um, ground ground based creatures might want to head. Um, and she goes, oh yeah, there's a river coming up over there and blah, blah, blah. And here's a, here's a place where we can, uh, gotta keep Ben out of the chat. Yeah. Here's a particularly dense part of the forest coming up. So they would have gone around that. And here's a rock sticking out, which would have acted as a landmark. 
here's some here's some, a, a river that would be hard to cross unless you went down this part of it so they probably would have gone that direction blah 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 so mel is assisting us as well but the majority of the work comes from us moving slowly through the forest, trying to find depressions in the in the, the soil and the dirt, uh, breaks in the foliage that hangs in from either side of the natural paths that are created, um, and using our own intellect to decide to to decide if I was if I was moving in a in a particular direction towards something, what landmarks would I use and what would what landmarks would I go towards. Um, to try and keep aware of where you are and keep your bearings and things within the forest. So we're not being very stealthy. Uh, we are in in the sense of the fact that we have to move slowly to track, um, but we are not necessarily choosing to be stealthy. We're just being passively stealthy, I, I suppose. We do get the impression that the as, as we're going with that first hour, um, obviously you are going to learn those things that you're going to learn. But as you're going slowly over the first hour, you you start to learn that uh, the time since they passed through the area is about uh, two days, give or take, uh, maybe two two or three days. You think. You also learn what were the other things you have to learn. You learn the uh, the exact numbers of them and their sizes, right? Exact number sizes. How long ago they passed through the area. One of the other benefits of the natural explorer means that you can, if you're traveling alone, which uh, it, it counts as being alone, even though Mel's with you, uh, you can move stealthily at a normal pace. So we can actually choose to be stealthy, uh, actively try and be stealthy, and we can still go at a normal pace. And when we're foraging, we find twice as much food as we normally would, which is plenty. And even when you're engaged in another activity while traveling, such as navigating or uh, or tracking, you remain alert to danger. So we can we can track at a normal pace while remaining alert to danger. <laughs> that's, that's that's pretty impressive stuff. I don't like when you when you're in the right uh, when you're in the right circumstances for it. Rangers can be really powerful. A lot of people uh, say rangers give give them a hard time and say that rangers are underpowered, but. When they're in their um, when they're in their element, they really shine. So let's make a stealth check just for the. I mean, we can do. Uh, we can travel stealthily, so there's no real reason why Apis would not choose to be stealth. At least choose to try to be stealthy. At least they are proficient in it. Um, they get a twenty-one plus two from the the forest um, ability as well. Uh, blah blah blah. I mean, technically. Technically, you wouldn't get a plus two to this because it's not an intelligence or wisdom check. It's a, it's a dexterity check, but I think it works. So we start to we, we move stealthily. If there is anything hearing is coming, we'll, they're definitely going to have a hard time of it. We moved northwards for about an hour. Let me keep a track of this on my little map in front of me. Where are they going? After about an hour, you're pretty confident in saying that all of the tiny little subtle micro clues that you've been uh, that you've been discovering over the hour lead you to the conclusion that you're following a group of about three uh, about three on foot creatures, biped bipedal creatures. Uh, they seem to be wearing armored footwear, 
so they're not they they seem to have pointed uh, human sized feet um, with not greaves what are they called the pointed shoes the pointed shoes that you get in like suits of armor and shit they seem to be wearing armored footwear they seem to be moving with the same uh, the same weight as um, as something of about human size and sabatons is that what they're called that does sound familiar so they're not they're not barefoot no um there's about three of them they are wearing shoes and they're wearing uh that they're obviously armored in the amount of weight that they are depressing into the dirt and the the um the ground there is also a hoofed animal with them you realize um that seems to be horse hooves or horse equivalent uh, it seems to be uh you 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 assume you're you're like 90% sure that it's going to be a horse because a lot of the depressions of the horse hooves have uh, shoes it seems to have uh it seems to be a shoed animal a shoed hoofed animal so probably a horse with horse hoofs a horse shoes on uh what else would there be you would recognize that there so there's one large animal with them that's probably a horse there's three non uh, three medium sized creatures uh and there would be what else would you see i think that was i think that's it you learn their exact number their sizes and how long ago they passed through the area so that's all that you learn from the from tracking them sabatons armored footwear i'm gonna look up sabatons now because i'm pretty sure that's the thing i have in mind sabaton yes those ones they're, whatever you're tracking, the three that are walking on uh, on two legs seem to be uh, wearing sabatons. They are heading north, and after about an hour, you are um, you're now heading perpendicular to the mountain on which um, the mountain on which Mwinglofau is uh, is situated. So you're about an hour to the now you're about. Yeah, you're about an hour-ish to the direct uh, direct west of uh, of Winglofau's mountain. Winglofau, for anyone new to the channel, being uh, the Drow village that is a mining a mining town. Sounds like the knights we ran back in, uh, into back in Shadridge. Could be, yeah. They were wearing um, they were wearing sabatons. I also thought of the knights from the farm or the armored elves from Arachel. Either way, not nice thoughts. Yeah. So more likely four because the horse likely has a rider potentially. Unless we can tell if the horse is for carrying stuff, they would have different horseshoes, I think. Would they? <laughs> I don't know enough about uh, f the job of a farrier. Like the the horses for riding have different shoes to um, pack horses. The ones investigating the murder, yes. Um, what were their names? Kathleen and Warren. Kathleen and Warren were the two knights that we met back on day one when we discovered the body. The one that were at uh, Creed's house, yeah. Jack Creed. John Creek. Could be allies or knights taking out the little dude for interrogation. Mm -hmm. Horseshoes depend on underground use. Wait, horseshoes depend on underground used for hard surface protection or spikes. I don't know enough about horseshoes. Sorry. 
We lied to them saying that we were part of their organization. Yes, we did. We lied to them saying that we were undercover as a way of getting out of awkward questions, I guess. Grag didn't speak much common, no. So good luck interrogating him. <laughs> maybe maybe whatever it is that's going to interrogate him, if that's the, their plan, um, speaks goblin, though. Or mind reading. I'd like to follow the tracks further. Yep, so that we, we can do. Um, we are, let's make a, what would it be to know? I think it's another survival check. It's a different kind though. No, intelligence check actually, just straight intelligence. Skill intelligence. All right, with a 19 plus our, uh, our modifier from the forest. Uh, so with a 21, we are in, we are smart enough as well to determine that over the over the course of the hour the direction that this uh, the direction that this this party that we're we're stalking has moved has not really changed it seems like it's going pretty much the same direction as it set off from the camp for, uh, in, in, in that was great english it's setting off in the same direction uh, it's set off in the same direction as it is continuing. It seems like they are not meandering or looking for something. They are going in in the direction of something and they happen to know where they're going. That's another thing that we learn from following them. If your horse often runs on hard surfaces like modern rocks or roads, it gets the metal plates as protection, like a human wearing shoes. If, if it's soft grassy ground, it's not really needed. You can also add spikes for snow, ice, or muddy surfaces for better traction. Gotcha. Thank you. Um, it does not have spikes for snow, ice, or muddy surfaces, but it does have uh, it does have horseshoes. I will. I do not need to retcon that. So that tells Apis something else about uh, about the 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 things that they're following. Is that this is a a shoed horse. The shoe is going to drop so hard on us in the next fight. What, the horseshoe? <laughs> Do we know what is in that direction? We have no idea. So we are, to give you, uh, to paint you a picture of sorts. Boo! Welcome to the battle map page, everyone. Uh, so let's make, let's draw a freehand shape of roughly where everything is. So let's go with, here's a, Here's a rough a rough outline of what's what we got what's going on. So all of this is forest. All of all of all of this area is is woods and forest and what have you. This is your this is your woods, your forest. This is the fair woods as they're known. Perfect. That's artistic and beautiful. Uh, and then here is sort of plains down here. This is yeah, come on. Ugh, bloody roll 20, what's it doing? Thank you. All of this down here is grassland. For the most part, grasses and hills. You get the idea. Over, let's go, What's what colour should a town be? It's just bright red, because then it's obvious. Bright, that looks orange to me, weird. Right about, roughly about here, that's where Jack Creed's farm is. 
and about an hour, let's say an hour is about one of these blocks. So about an hour away, roughly speaking, this is where Shadridge is. Shadridge. Damn it, you can't, there you go. Scroll down a little bit so you can see Shadridge. Um, scale of about one hour per square. Hid your artistic skills from you, I know, right? Didn't want to feel, make anyone feel inadequate next to me. All right, so we went from Shadridge to Jack Creed's farm, about an hour's walk away, and then on the edge of the uh, Fair Woods. And then from there, we went into the forest and we followed the tracks of the goblins and shit. And we went for several hours into this goblin, into this uh, situation up here. So we probably got to roughly about here, and then we went, uh, we went west for about an hour or so. So the goblin camp is about there. G C Goblin Camp. That's what G C stands for. You're a real G C. I'll never draw again. <laughs> Inferiority complex. Yeah. After dealing with the goblin camp, we were heading back towards Shadridge, just kind of meandering and do 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 do, finding our own way in the general direction of Shadridge. When we found a uh, a camp, uh, we found a a trap that had been laid by Verin, and we decided to let it to let it off to 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 trigger it. So the trap would have actually been about here. And then after we met Verin and we said, hey, there's goblins in the area, FYI. He said, yeah, I know. Come with me. I'll show you my village. And we went east. Do, 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 do. And he took us to the village of Helwyrin. Helwyrin would be about here. My bad. I'll fix that in a second. And then from there, he said, by the way, we've got some sister villages and they're all in trouble. Blah, blah, blah. And then we went... Uh, about two, now, two hours from Helwyrin is Mwinglofau. This is Mwinglofau, and it's on a it's 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 built onto a bit of a mountain. Here we go. Here's your here's your super cool mountain range. It's not yellow. It's built onto the side of a mountain. There you go. None of you can draw mountains as good as that. From Mwinglofau, about an hour ish across, and about a little bit up. Oh, this one a here new is adventurer the team. I like that it's one mountain. <laughs> it's just one. It's more of a it's more of a, a lone rock than a mountain. It's not really. It's like a huge hill, um, made out of rock that has been displaced by some sort of volcanic activity way back in the, in the in the history, I guess. And then from there across here is, uh, somewhere about two hours to the north. This direction. This is Dolbin Iluad. Oops, that one's off the screen for you. Dolbin Iluad. All right, let me try and arrange this so that you can see everything at once. I could just zoom out like an, somebody who's not an idiot. <laughs> Vomits quietly. <laughs> this is beautiful. This is a beautiful uh, map, everyone. It is impossible to do artwork on, on a digital situation, guys. There's nobody who can do it. I, I I challenge you to find even one person who could who could do good artwork digitally. There's no one who can do it. It's just not it's just not not a done thing. 
Um, and then from and then from here, here's a little trail that we did. We can we can put a I don't know like a yellow yellow trail, make it thin. We went from the goblin camp almost directly north. Do, 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 do. And we're now like here-ish. Level with the mountain, not heading towards Arachel, which is over here, but heading off of the map to the north. And we have no idea what's deeper into this forest. <laughs> we're all saying what we're all thinking. It's a good thing Robert went into maths and not map making. I don't know what you're talking about. If I if I showed this to Nate, my good friend Nate from WASD twenty, <laughs> I like that we're good friends now because I've I've played with him once <laughs> on somebody else's channel. Me and him, best friends. He would look at this and he'd be like, "Perfect. That is a that is one of the best maps I've ever seen." <laughs> I vomit quietly. <laughs> Have a few maps are drawn. I hate doing battle maps. I actually really enjoy making maps, but only with pencil and paper. I don't. I, I've never been good at digital drawing, and especially not with a, a not with not with a mouse and what is effectively a, a software worse than Microsoft Paint. I am going to blame my tools here. <laughs> I want this map on my wall. On your wall, mythical Tyrion. I want you to tattoo this map <laughs> on your back. <laughs> Graphic designers don't do good digital artwork. <laughs> have to have this map in Discord. <laughs> a yellow trail left in the snow by our hero sneaky Mr. McPoopy Pants. Real talk, if you want me to make you a Lord of the Rings style map, I will. Bloody hell, Ajo. You're going to spoil me. I don't want you to put in that sort of work for free. You're all spoiling me. Fancy and some others have started doing a wiki for this uh, Twitch Tales as well, which is amazing and going to be very, very useful. We're so close to the mountain. Can we pay for the knife before our ears rot? We could do, yes. So the, the uh, we are about uh, an hour, maybe two hours-ish walk uh, west of Mwinglofau. So we can take a two-hour detour to go directly west pop into Mwinglofar and say, hey, look, a bag of five goblin ears. Are you cool with that? And then she'd be like, sweet. And then two hours back again and then continue the trail. That is an option. Maybe I should put that to a vote. A TT wiki. Yeah, we definitely need a, a Twitch Tales wiki. Would it be difficult to find the trail again? Not for us. Not when, not when we got like a 20-something on our trail check. We could definitely leave a trail marker here and be and like... We're an outlander. We remember our direction. We'd be able to find our way back to this point. Point. Can we keep an ear for Shadridge? Can leave a trail sign. Yeah, we can definitely find the trail again if we choose to go to Winglofau. So let's open that up as a poll. I'm going to start a poll now to decide should we take a four-hour detour, effectively, to pop into Winglofau and show uh, the lady that we have some goblin ears or not. By this time of day, we've gone for about an hour from the time that we set off. It was early morning. We had breakfast, we investigated the camp, and then we set off for an hour. So it's probably mid-morning. We could get to Mwinglofau by uh, right before noon, probably. Um, if there is no hold up in Mwinglofau for, for any reason, 
then we'll probably be back at this trail by around 2 p.m., giving us another, like, three to four hours of daylight. Um, should we pop... Should we take... It's not really popping in if it's a four-hour trip. Should we take a detour to... I'm just going to put to M because fuck spelling Wunglofau from memory. Uh, yes. Or no. I'm going to give you... Uh, it's going to. It's a pretty important decision being that it takes four hours out of our day. So I'm going to give you three minutes to decide. Starting now. We do need proof for Shadridge, but maybe we could pop back into the camp and grab something else off the goblin bodies on our way back to Shadridge later. Yeah, but the longer we leave it, the less of the goblins are around. It's already been several days since we killed those goblins, and they've been, you know, rotten, and they've got maggots and flies and uh, animals eating them. They would probably will be enough, yet yeah, for Shadridge. But it depends on whether or not there's a bounty, because if there's a bounty, then it usually requires some sort of proof. Manglofau, and then off into the unknown north. That's actually, I'm pretty sure, how you spell it, Feligund. I'm impressed. Or maybe you've read read it somewhere, and Katrina's got it as well. I've probably told you how it's spelt before. It's something like that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that does sound, that does look familiar to me. Fell you scoundrel. What is in M again? M is the drow village, um, and it's where the there is a blacksmith uh, lady who gave us the uh, longsword, well, who sold us a longsword that we're currently using and gave us a hunting knife. She gave us the hunting knife for free on the explicit promise that we would prove to her that we've used it to kill goblins by, by coming back there at some point with some goblin ears. She despises goblins and she wants, she wants to see that they've died by her, her weaponry effectively. So that's why we managed to get a, um, managed to get a hunting knife for free rather than like two gold pieces which is what it would have cost us otherwise can't we call it the drow village instead of trying to spell it all the time <laughs> all right with an overwhelming 90 percent of the vote we are going to take a de detour to Munglofau. all right it's going to take up more of the day but it's going to tick off one of the loose ends for us she doesn't need all the ears, though. Just to save time retracing exact steps, we can just keep one, correct? If the ears are that thin, they'll probably just turn to ear jerky. Yeah, true. Just cartilage. Just skin and cartilage is all they are, really, and some blood vessels. We don't have to give her the ears. Well, we'll find out once we get there. We'll find out when we get there. Find out when we get there. All right, so with two hours at detour, I'm going to definitely take this map off. There we go. That's that's better. With a two-hour detour in mind, we decide, um, we say to uh, Mel, here, before we go too much further, um, I think we're going to start getting further and further away from when Glowfiber are the sounds of it, uh, by the looks of these tracks. They seem to be going in a very sp specific direction north. So uh, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna leave a trail marker and head that direction and uh, uh, tie off that loose end. 
and so you sure enough you find a you find a large uh a large rock um and carve into it like arrows and things in the direction you're going and you find a big fallen tree tree stump that's kind of like a tree log that's hollowed out and you lift it up and place it amongst a couple of other rocks so that it can be seen from a little ways away you start to take some of the local um shrubbery and things in the area and turn and like snap it off turn it upside down so that you can be seen that's actually one of the ways to do it in uh, in new zealand we've got the silver fern obviously it's one of the most famous parts about new zealand icon iconography is our silver fern and it's a it's a fern leaf that is green on one side and uh, quite a bright silver on the other and so people would often turn it over and and place it silver side up and it helps you to navigate so you're doing sim similar things with the local greenery, things that will help you to find your way back to this track once you so wish. And after doing so, you set off towards Munglofau. Um, I'm going to roll some random encounter check <clears throat> to see while you are walking through this otherwise dangerous wood. I want to see whether you come across any random encounters. All right. I'm going to roll a percentile check to see whether you encounter anything on the way. Uh, let's think. What would you... Oh, yeah. I know something that you could encounter on the way. Is it wolves? Are the wolves still out here? Maybe. I, I don't know what we're going to encounter, whether, whether it's anything at all. It's just that we are in a dangerous wood and we're only level three. So after a certain point, when, you f when you're walking through a forest, unless it's like a particular reason for it, I'll stop doing encounter checks because even if you encountered a bear, you'd just swipe his head off with your greatsword or whatever. But up until like level six or so, there's still a danger to be posed by random beasts of the forest and things. And so sometimes we uh, sometimes we have to roll for it. Um, I just need to give myself a DC. <clears throat> what are the chances that you would come across something dangerous on the way? All right. All right, so for the first hour, we do not encounter anything. Um, we walk west towards Munglofau, uh, and at the end of the hour, we realize that we're probably about another 45-ish minutes away, maybe maybe 50-ish. Um, so we walk for another hour, and for the second hour, we also do not um, encounter anything. So we make it to Munglofau with, with no random encounters. We... Uh, stop to eat some rations or something on the way and forage for some food as on the way we we arrive at the uh we arrive at the the mountain in which Munglofau is is situated and we make our way up the 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 front up to the front entrance the cave that is Munglofau. uh we get ourselves an arrow out and fire it into the mouth of the cave which is as far as we understand the the way to to uh to let them know that you're here and you're not a danger or a threat or something. And sure enough, as this as the uh, arrow clatters into the cave, um, about a minute later, there, there comes to the cave a, uh, a familiar elven guard with a with a crossbow drawn, and arrow, uh, and points it around in the direction until he sees you, and then, hey, you're back. Uh, wait, no, it's Kaish. Um, Wales. Oh, you're uh, you're you're back already. You're back already. Uh, come on up. You meet with Trell, the drow guard that you met yesterday. 
and you pop in to say, hey, um, I, I've got business with um, uh, Anduria, if you're okay, if you if you don't mind. And he says, yes, no problem. Come on in. Do you know the way? Would you like me to escort? Uh, no, no, I, I, I know the way. It's fine. And you walk through. You walk past Trell into the mouth of the cave, further uh, deeper into where the um, the large trapdoor was open, and down the stone steps. Okay, I find it kind of dangerous using an arrow as a bell. If somebody's popping out to have a smoke, you might get a different sting in his lungs. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, you head down the tunnel into the stonework, uh, the beautiful sort of stonework that's been carved out of this particular area of the 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 mountain that takes you deeper into the mountain where you can hear the sounds of an underground town you walk out and see the town spread out in front of you below you on as you've entered at the balcony level and you can make out the direction of uh, anduria's blacksmithy so you head down that direction down the stone steps make your way through the town you get some odd looks from people who didn't see you here yesterday um seeing a dwarf come into the town but they're not overly xenophobic uh, nobody says anything to you or challenges why you're in here you make your way all the way to Anduria's black smithy and uh, and and she's banging away on the on the anvil and uh, looks up as you arrive oh you're back you're back so soon I uh, didn't expect you yet um <laughs> you've really made short work of those goblins have you uh, it's not a problem with the weapons is it no 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 your 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 weapons are uh, working fine i haven't had a chance to use the the sword yet and you pat the long sword um but the hunting knife has worked a treat you'll see that uh i've managed to put it to work and you you get out your whatever the hell you've been carrying these goblin ears in <laughs> probably just like a handkerchief kind of situation and you place it on the anvil as she takes the thing she's working off off and quenches it uh, the the uh, handkerchief opens up and she sees five relatively bloody, uh, somewhat decomposed goblin ears. She goes, oh, five of them. Five goblins, all on your own. You say, hey, well, that's, there was actually like seven of them, but, um, well, eight of them. But three of them were either missing by the time I got back to them or de decomposed or eaten by animals and things, so... And these are just the the rightiest as well. Like, so, uh, is that is that right? Well, uh, <laughs> keep up that work, and I uh, I should I should be grateful for uh, giving you the the weapons in the first place. Um, and you you see that she is. Are you insightful? Let's see. Yeah, you've got an above average insight, but let's make an insight check just in case. These ears are all right. Yeah. Get your goblin ears. I got your goblin right here. Right here. Uh, make a skill insight check. Not 20. Jeez Louise. La. Nightbot's really uh, outdoing itself with the nat 20s today. Even when it doesn't really matter. So with our nat, with our nat 20... Um, we managed to read a few things on her uh, expression and the way she's talking to us. The first thing we recognize is that she is uh, she seems genuinely grateful to see us, like um, like it's a pleasant surprise. Uh, not 
one of distrust or um, that we don't read any sort of ill feeling across her face in micro expressions when we when we first arrive we she sees she seems to be like um, pleasantly surprised to see us the next thing we notice is that she seems really tired like she seems seems like she has been working probably non-stop since the last time we saw her which was this time yesterday um, she's she's working real hard and uh, the next thing we see is that when we get close enough to see her like knocking on the uh, like doing her actual physical work we can see that she's she's going going at it with not quite as much gusto as she had before like she's lost some physical energy she's she's tired uh the next thing she notices next thing we notice is that she uh has genuine delight cross her face when she sees that you've killed at least five goblins um and that whatever it is that caused this lady to have such a hatred for goblins it's still strong within her she she still has uh, no mercy for them in her heart uh, I don't think from that short interaction there was anything else that you would would glean from such a good uh, insight check into her body language or, or face or what she's um, what she's she's said so far but you a few people have said that they want to ask her about the knights and what is north. So what specifically are we asking about the knights? Got the goblins right here. 21's a good year. <laughs> She's working on the Arachel order still. Yeah, we ask her, are you still working on the order from the, the uh, Arachel? And she says, yes, so I'll, I'll likely be working on it for weeks. Uh, they they really have no end in sight as to what they want from us. They just they just said keep producing as quickly as possible. Um, they they're actually asking that I train up um, other blacksmiths as well so that we can get more uh, more blacksmiths working on it. But they either want they either want weaponry or they want me to train other blacksmiths. And uh, and I've said to them which which is it? And they've they've said that they prefer me to just be churning out weapons at this stage they can uh, but if i can get a if i can get an uh, an apprentice to come and watch me work while i'm working on the, the, the weaponry then maybe the apprentice can start working on um on on weaponry of their own but i, I don't know uh, I, never mind it's not my problems aren't your problems and she kind of dismisses it from that point cook her a nice pot of coffee that'll either help or kill her <laughs> without her cooking skills yeah yeah yeah, Arachel's put in a rush order for weaponry, yes. If there were any knights around, uh, spotted by some elves. Um, so you ask if, do you know if, do you know if there's um, any knights of Kavosna uh, been around this area? And she says, uh, no, I'm not familiar with, with uh, any knights coming through. Uh, that's, that's the... That's the the, the humans uh, uh, faction of guards, isn't it? You see, I well, it's not just humans, but yeah, yeah mostly humans. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, we have our own system, um, so I'm not sure of any. I, I don't know of any any need for the knights to come to this area. Um, she kind of just dismisses the that line of questioning. Uh, what what lies to the north? So we ask her, hey, what's uh, what's to the north of here? By the way, and she says, um, 
north in the in, in deeper into the forest um there's the great expanse which is about a day's journey of no major features no no landmarks to the forest and then it starts to f- it starts to thin out once you get to the um uh the sedentary uh, the sedentary mountain um which is uh, the mountain way to the way to the north uh, about 30 miles or so I, i'd say um i'm not exactly sure though because i haven't been across the great expanse myself so there's a, I, I, i'm not familiar with the the area of the forest it starts to get a little uh, a little too wild for my tastes <laughs> a little too unkempt um lots of creatures and uh, just just untamed wilderness i suppose Maybe Melbeep can give her a tiny adrenaline poke poke. Not only if she hits zero hit points. It only works when a, on a creature that's still alive but on zero. Not knights, but three humanoids in heavy armor. I just used the term knights. Gotcha, sorry. Uh, the term knights in this world is reserved for the knights of Kavasta. Um So I assumed you meant you were meaning them. Uh, she says, uh, no, you rephrase the question then. And she says, uh, no, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I, I've been in here since the last time you came by. And I haven't had news from the outside. You could ask uh, one of the guards, I suppose, on the on your way out. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm I'm not familiar with it myself. Tell her about the tracks we found. Ask if she knows where they might lead. Sure. So we ask her. We, we tell her that here um, we've got we found tracks. We've been following them. There's three armored footprints. Uh, that's why I was asking. Do you know where they might lead? And she says I'm. I, I'm not so. I, I I don't know. I'm sorry. They probably lead in somewhere into the Great Expanse. There's many, many creatures that live. There. If they were armored, though, that's peculiar. I'm gonna roll a. I'm gonna roll an intelligence check for her to see whether she knows more than I think she knows. No, um, she she doesn't she doesn't know any more information. Um, and with our natural 20 on insight before we don't we don't have any reason to believe that she's lying to us I, th- I would think a giant bee moving towards me to give me a pokey poke would get some adrenaline going yeah <laughs> so this part of apis doesn't particularly want to travel for more than a day to the sedentary mountain yeah i feel like that's where we were going maybe we haven't seen a mountain on the horizon um because it seems like it's more than our uh, our visual distance away we haven't seen any mountain, but obviously that makes sense if it's more than 30 miles away. I don't know why, but I want Apis to have Mr. Miyagi-like skills with the hand rubbing and healing powers and give her a good boost with land hands. He ain't a, a, Apis, sorry, isn't a paladin, so, so they have no lay on hands abilities. I mean, they've got cure wounds, but she isn't exactly wounded. You could you could use some of the salve like you've you've got some salve down there that that works as like a, a very strong very magical um uh deep heat <laughs> tiger balm or something so you could use that if you wanted to it would definitely work but it would be it's like an expensive salve that you don't have infinite of but rob we have dark vision you do have dark vision What, what, what did, did I imply that you didn't? Can we give her a teeny bit of self? If we give her a teeny bit, it won't do anything. We need to use uh, one full usage of it to have any uh, proper effect. How many uses in a salve, in, in a pot? I think I said six, didn't I? 
six comes to mind. I'm pretty sure I said there were six usages of uh, the salve. Sounds like a different arc, possibly. If we're heading into this expanse, I would now vote for going to Shadridge to give an honest report. Yeah. Seeing the mountain from where we are. I'm being... Oh, right, because we have dark vision. Can we see the mountain from over 30 miles away? We pretend to use it on our and take advantage of the placebo effect. <laughs> if you can find a way to placebo placing a salve on someone, like rubbing a salve into the skin, <laughs> hit her over the head and go sleepy sleep. It's cheaper. You guys have been trolls. All right, what should we what should we do now? Is there anything else you wish to talk to um, Anduria about while we are here, while we have her company, while we have her mind to pick? Plessy boom. Uh, Anduria is a half-human, half-drow that uh, we don't know the full backstory of, but for one wrong reason or another, she despises dwarves and wants... Uh, despises goblins, rather, and wants to see them all dead. Uh, she's a very good blacksmith, and that's all we really know about it. Um, is there any reason, anything that you would want from such an NPC before we leave or find somebody else in the town or whatever? I don't know. Uh, is there any news about why Arachilla's put in this order? That's a good thing to ask. We ask her that. Um, is there any news that you know about why Arachel's asking for this order? And she says, um, no, I, I'm afraid not. I wish there was, but I've asked many times and I've, I've been rejected. I've been shut down with uh, with my requests. So I've, I've just been just keeping my head down and placing, uh, putting the order in. But I have heard that the, there is um, a representative from Arachel on their way. Uh, they'll be arriving at some point later today. Probably, I don't, I don't hold weight weight to anything they say really. But at some point later today or tomorrow, they will probably arrive, and uh, and I assume that they're coming to let us know what's actually happening and why why there's uh, why there's such a demand for the the sudden weaponry and training and things. How many things was she asked to make? She was she was asked a standing order to just keep churning out uh, weaponry. Um, she's currently making shields and long swords she's breaking it up she's breaking up the shields and long swords sort of the monotony of the work um by making some other weapons that don't require as much on her end but require more from like carpentry so like she's making spearheads and arrowheads um from time to time but for the most part she's making sh uh, long swords and uh, and shields Enough for a squad or an army. Well, she's one. She's one blacksmith, and she's working as hard as she can. Um, there are others. Uh, there are others in the city that do similar work, like fletching and uh, and and making of wooden wooden weapons, like wooden spears and things. Um, they're all working as well, but they haven't put a limit on it. So at the moment, like being one person working on it, uh, or one person working on the metalworky side of things. Uh, it's going to be enough for a squad, I guess. But if there's no end put onto it, then it could be enough for an army. Just a small army, maybe. I don't know. Suggest so she get some sleep because her weapons might be not not be up to standard if she's wearing herself to exhaustion. Uh, plus, if she wears herself out, she won't be any use when it comes to the actual fighting. Yep. All right. So we suggest that, and she says, <laughs> "Thank you. I um I think you've." forget that I don't really need to sleep um, as an elf uh, 
and with our insight from before we kind of gather that there's something there that she wasn't telling us or something that she was holding back um she wasn't being entirely truthful with, uh, or there was something else that fluttered through her mind that she didn't say uh either way even if you don't need sleep you need to rest you need to meditate or whatever you need to to just chill out <laughs> and and your, your, your weaponry is gonna start not being as as good uh, if you if you work yourself to the bone you really should get some rest at some point she says thank you I, I i'll take your opinion to heart i can't go uh, for much longer anyway even if i wanted to so yes i will be forced in, forced to rest at some point let's get out of here before uh, before archel arrives and kicks up a stink about us being here they could will might need to leave before the squad arrives yeah Go to Shadridge, come back to observe the squad. As part of Apis Mind, want to avoid the Aurochelians. Varen isn't with us. I fear that there isn't someone who would be able to vouch for us with an equal clout as Varen did, correct? So we're going to go back to the trail to help out with some woodworking and stuff. Uh, take a break to meditate. Yeah. So what do we what do we want to do? I can put it to a poll. When I make a poll, I can choose five options. So if we can come up with five options or less of like the main things that we would want to do as Apis, I can put it into a poll and we can decide now what we're going to do. Obviously, go back to the trail and continue tracking it to the north. That's one That's one option. Um, go back to Shadridge before the Aurochelians arrive. That's another option. Stay here until the Aurochelian representatives arrive to see if we can learn from them more about what's going on. Um... I don't know what's what are the, what are some of the other options that I could put into the poll, guys. If you want to, if you want to sort of decide what Apis does, like give me give me some options now. This is your chance to decide. The Drow community is lower in the power balance between the sister villages. Um, it seems you would you wouldn't really know to be honest. You haven't seen enough of the power dynamics between the villages to know where uh, the drow village stands. It, um, the drow village are definitely not like slaves or anything like that. They're not working for others without reward. They get remuneration. They, they're all, and, and as you know now, the all four sister villages work together. Um, they provide things for each other. So you're not, you're not sure if there's like a power, a power disparity between the, these drow and the other, other, um, elves advert to either stay and help and fi find find out the RHL information or skip it and go back to Shadridge either of those are okay with you three options are fine waiting for the Arachelians includes I mean if yeah if you're going to wait around this village then you might as well offer your assistance in somewhere or another ask her if it's a bad idea for us to stick around say so, so as if I was to stick around and wait for this Arachel representative, would that be a bad idea? She says, I, I, that would be your idea. It would be up to you. I, I, I don't know. Why, why would it be a bad idea? Oh, it's just that I've had interaction with them before, uh, representatives from Arachel, and they were not pleasant towards me. She says, oh, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, I'm not surprised to hear that, but I'm sorry to hear it. Um, I, I, 
I don't think you would be in danger here if you were to stay and and uh, stay until they arrive. But um, I wouldn't try and make any mischief with them if 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 your interest is just in hearing what the news is from them then I don't think there's anything wrong with you staying for that I can't I can't foresee there be that being a problem or, or trouble stay and help slash wait for them um, go to Shadridge or go back to the trail I think those are the three main options isn't it is there anybody this is your last chance to come up with a fourth or fifth option of what Apis would do otherwise those are the three options that I'm going to give. Will the trail get cold if we delay further tracking? Yep, the, tra the trail, the track gets harder and harder to follow the longer we leave it. But given that we have tracked it uh, successfully after like two or three days, maybe another half day wouldn't matter. It depends. I will, I will be rolling for like weather and things. And if it's bad weather, then obviously the track's gone. Go back to Shadridge. If the track seems to be going into a tougher area, it might not be such a great idea to keep going north. I'd rather avoid the Aracellians if possible. Maybe Valiant, but not sure what else we can find out from that trail. Hope our presence would not get the Mingloff out in trouble. Very likely, a very apis like to avoid conflict, but I am thrilled to still learn more from them. That is true. Avoids conflict when possible, doesn't it say? What is the apis? Is that it? No. TT underscore Apis, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, there we go. Uh, Apis is cunning, resourceful, and introverted. Avoids trouble where they can. Will always help those in need. So if we decide that the Aracellians coming here is going to be trouble, we would definitely avoid it. Because that's right there in our write-up about our, our who we are. And... Uh, if they are, or if we consider that Munglofau um, is in need, then we would also stay to help. So it would be two conflicting uh, parts of us. Anyway, so I'm, I'll give the three options. I'll give the poll now. Um, I will give the poll now. Uh, she, uh, it would be a real stretch to call us, call her a friend, Wraith. We are slow to trust. Remember, that's another part about us, Apis. Uh, can be indecisive, inconsistent, and slow to trust. So we have had fine interactions with, uh, what's her name, Anduria Blecken. We've got no issues with her, but she's barely an acquaintance at this stage, Not uh, definitely not a friend. So with those things in mind, you guys make the decision for the character as to what we do. Uh, I will start the poll. Keep in mind all of those things. Uh... We have, we are in an elven village. Uh, we've not fully recharged our social batteries yet, so that might be an in, uh, might, might be something to come into it. Um, if we go back to Shadridge now, we won't have as much information for them as if we did stay for to speak with the representatives from Arachel. But if we sp if we did stay, then we have to deal with a representative of Arachel, and if we've not got our social batteries recharged, that's going to be even worse. Uh, potentially there's a whole lot of things to decide but that's why you are making the decision as a hive mind by the way she uh, she wraps up the ears and hands them back to you like you she didn't want to keep them she just wanted to see dead goblin 
And so you still have five goblin ears in your inventory. RHL could have useful information. Yep, definitely. But to get the information, you either want to stick around and deal with people from RHL or leave, do Shadridge, and come back once you can just get the information from Winglofau secondhand. Why to the trail? You could go to the trail to, to get more information that you would then take to Winglofau and, um, and Shadridge and others. Like, you currently don't have all of the information. All that you know is there's three people and a horse that have found the goblin camp and then headed directly north towards something. Might also be beneficial to be seen more by them as a friendly presence. Yeah, could be. There's no further information from the trail, guys. It could be. There could be more information out there. Like, you don't know how much further it goes. We could be getting into trouble or we could be learning more information. I don't know. I'm not trying to sway you one way or another. I'm just saying there's 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 positives and negatives to every option. Going with the Jackson Brown here. Stay just a bit longer. Socializing with a bunch of strangers is exhausting enough when they're friendly. Trying to deal with RHL being hostile towards us would be even more so. Yep. Yeah. Last few seconds, guys. The Aurichelians are seers, yep, and diviners. They have a lot of information. Correct. Could be traveling for a whole day and getting so far from everything. All right. Ooh, look at this. 50% of the voters say we go back to the trail. 36% of the voters say stay until Aurichel arrives and get information. And only 14% of the voters say go back to Shadridge. So back to the trail it is. With 50% of the vote, only half of Apis wants to head back to the trail and continue. And hence, Apis is indecisive and uh, in inconsistent. But that is why we wrote that into the, their, uh, their personality traits. Apis ultimately decides... <sighs> I don't know enough information yet about what the thing I, t I was tracking was. If I, if I can, if I can find out at least what it is that I'm tracking, where they're going, or any other information about that, then maybe I, uh, maybe I'll have more that I can give to the to the uh, the people that need the information. So ultimately, they make the, the cost, toss of a coin effectively in their mind, and they go, "Yeah, sod it, I'm making the decision." Boom, and they make the decision. Could we ask the drow if they could send a message for us? Um, they. You ask the drow, is there any is there anyone here um is there anyone here who can like send a message? Is there like pigeons or ravens or anything like that? And she, she says, No, I'm afraid we don't have um pigeon services or anything like that. Um we do have we do send messages uh, messengers between the uh the sister towns. Um say is is there someone who could take a, a message to um a human cat town called Shadridge? Uh and she says I you can ask, but I I don't think so. Uh, they, we t we tend not to perform. I I'm this. I I I'm, maybe I'm I shouldn't say this because, but I'm maybe I'm too tired to uh, be tactful. I'm fine with you being here, and most people you'll find here would be fine with you being here. But we don't go out of our way to be accommodating to outsiders. Um, I don't think you'll f I don't think you'll find 
someone here who would happily go several hours through the forest to wherever this this human village of yours is um you you can ask but i i wouldn't hold your breath yeah i uh, i understand um so i'm, I'm sorry uh, i said no, no I, I understand it um and you've given me much more of a uh, a welcome than uh, Arachel certainly would have. <laughs> she sort of laughs, and yeah, that's for sure. Um, I really must be getting back to work, but uh, he said, "No, you really must be getting back to rest." But <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Don't work yourself to the to the bone, okay? Uh, they they need you, uh, especially not before you've trained up that uh, apprentice of yours. <laughs> she laughs again and. Thank you. <laughs> she gets back. She uh, takes the sword that she quenched out of the thing and starts hammering in again. Just puts it back into the fire just as you're leaving. We have good animal handling. We could capture a bird and tame it to carry our message. We could, but a bird without a bird with a homing it would have to be a bird with a homing ability that you teach to understand Shadridge as its home. And then you take it away and send it back again. That's how the that's how pigeon messengers work. You just need to get to the level where you get the spell animal messenger. Bards, druids, and rangers get it. It's a second level spell, which means that you, as a ranger, get it at fifth level, I think. Rangers guild territory. Rangers as half casters, you get second level spells when you get to fifth level so when you get to fifth level you get access to second level spells one of the second level spells that you will have access to if you should want to take it is a spell called animal messenger and it does the following um it lasts for 24 hours by means of this spell you, you use an animal to deliver a message for you choose a tiny beast you can see within range such as a squirrel a blu-ray or a bird you specify a location which you have visited and a recipient who matches a general description, such as a man or woman dressed in the uniform of the town guard or a red-haired dwarf wearing a pointed hat. You also speak a message of up to 25 words. The target beast travels for the duration of the spell towards the specified location, covering about 50 miles per 24 hours for a flying messenger or 25 miles for other animals. When the messenger arrives, it delivers your message to the, the creature you described, replicating the sound of your voice. The messenger speaks only to a creature matching the description you gave. If the messenger doesn't reach its destination before the spell ends, the message is lost and the beast makes its way back to where you cast the spell. At higher levels, you cast the spell using a spell slot of third level or higher. The duration increases by 48 hours for each slot above second. So if if they're within, if you choose a bird or a flying creature and the destination is within 50 miles, then you can cast it as a second level spell and you, your message will get to them. But it'll be 25 words or less. Be pretty useful for this situation, for sure. You'd just be able to go out, grab a grab a bird, and be like, "Toria, the goblins are all dead. You should be safe to continue on Jack's farm for now. More info later, and then, and then you'd you'd have that <laughs> have that dealt with for now at least." But unfortunately, alas, you do not have access for that yet. So you've uh, asked um, the lady, the the blacksmith, whether they'd send a message to you and she, uh, for you, and, you, and she seems uh, she seems uh, doubtful that they would. 
Um, just hope Toria hasn't left when we come back. She hasn't made up her mind yet and said she would should leave when she doesn't if she doesn't feel safe. Yeah, that's correct. Birds can't read the words on signposts to find towns, though. Yeah, but by the magic of you knowing where the town is, the bird knows where the town is. I think going back to Shadridge to tell her that the goblins might have been mercenaries of an unseen agent, she's less likely to think the place is safe. True. Yeah, that's probably the deciding factor as to why Apis decides to follow the trail for a at least a little bit further. We need to go back, find the trail, what is it that was working with them, if indeed they were working with them, uh, and then we've got information that we can tell them when we do go back. I meant for the training, not the spell. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, that's why you need to tra like to train pigeons. How it works, how pigeon messengers work in my world, and I think in the real world, is that you have a bunch of pigeons raised from birth or at least fed in a particular area, like a city or certain areas of the city, if it's a big one. And you have that collection of pigeons that's like, these are the London pigeons. And then when when there's a when there's somebody taking a cab from London to Oxford or whatever, you take one or two of the pigeons with you and you take them all the way to Oxford and then you keep them in a cage in a post office in Oxford. And then when you want to send a message to London specifically, you walk to the post office and you say, hey, I'm going to send a message to London. Have you got any London pigeons? And they say, yes, we do. And then you write your message, you tie it to the London pigeon and the pigeon sets off and goes, right, where's where's home? Where's London? And they head back towards London. As long as they've not been away from London for very long, they will still have the homing uh, nature and go back to their town. So in order to send a bird message without mes animal messenger, you would need to have a pigeon that was from Shadridge and then tie a message to it and send it off. Surely our aim is to give Toria an accurate idea of the danger, not to convince her to stay no matter what, otherwise just lie to her. <laughs> That's true. If your if your end goal is just to keep to get her to stick around, then you can just lie to her. But your goal is to give her an accurate report, I guess. I would tell her how many goblins we've killed, plus the ogre, and then she knows those things aren't a danger anymore. Yep. All right. So uh, Apis has made up their mind. On the way out of the of the uh, town of Winglofau, we talk to Trell, the drow guard, and we ask him if he's seen any um any armored people around here lately i'm gonna give him a percentage chance of having seen such an armored guard around here lately what's the chance what's the chance that he's seen something matching that description holy shit that was close oh that was real close to being a success on quite a small chance as well, but unfortunately, alas, it was not. Uh, he says no. Unfortunately, he hasn't seen any um, anyone matching that description, and why? And you explain why you've seen and and to keep his guard up and to keep um, keep a lookout for it. Uh, you also ask him, "Is there anyone here who would send a message for me?" And he says, "No, sorry, um, we we can't afford to lose the manpower at the moment." Uh, and and we wouldn't send a we wouldn't send a message for a, a dwarf not as uh, not to be rude but that's the truth of it kind of thing and you're like all right well thank you for your honesty um, finally before I go do I really have to shoot an arrow into your cave every time every time I arrive and he goes no, uh, no that's um 
that's a that's a habit that you've picked up from uh, one of the uh, Helwerins, haven't you? The Helwerins, for some reason, have it in their mind that that's the way that we announce ourselves. Uh, but you can you can just shout. It's we're, we're usually on duty, and if we can hear your arrow clattering, we can hear the shout. And quite frankly, hearing somebody shouting their announcement of their arrival is a lot less frightening for us than having somebody suddenly shooting arrows at us. So you you can just shout, <laughs> and you laugh and say, "Hey, yeah." Uh, sorry, I thought it was a bit peculiar, but hey, that's uh, <laughs> you pick up habits from those you're with, I suppose. Is there anything else we would want to ask Trell, the guard of the, uh, one of the guards, the head guard of the um, Munglofau village? Is there anything we want to ask him before we leave? Good on you, Verin. Yeah. A good two hours west of here, exactly. Yeah. So it would. It was very unlikely. They are. They they were in the area. You know, two hours is still theoretically in the area, and also. Um, he is a guard of this particular town, so he does spend some time tra uh, patrolling the area. So there was a chance, just a very low chance. It seems from the dice that he came close to uh, to, to crossing paths with uh, armoured creatures uh, that, that fit the description you gave. But it seems like their paths did not cross. Does he know any more about the expanse? That's a good question. Uh, does he? Let's have a look. Make an intelligence check for him. See how much he knows about the Great Expense. Uh, thirteen. He wouldn't be the most book learned, uh, but he'd be relatively wise. So thirteen plus a modifier, he'd probably have about two, fifteen-ish. Um, he says, um, what would he know? He says, uh, there's um. Yes, the Great Expanse is, is it's known for that because it's relatively flatland, um, with uh, relatively featureless. The trees that grow there are all somewhat uniform. There's not a there's not a lot of diversity in the forest in that area. Uh, it's it's hard it's hard to navigate. It's one of the reasons it's called the Great Expanse is that it feels like it's going on for longer than it is. It's hard to navigate and it's um, it's full of creatures uh because it's hard to navigate and it's and it's somewhat featureless including like a lack of uh rivers and and water water features and things it means that not many folk have ever settled there the folk that settled there tend to be nomadic and um and good at uh, surviving in a wilderness there's not a lot of settlements and as such the wildernesses abound there is lots of uh, there are lots of creatures um and monsters of sorts that roam that part of the this forest. I think it came about from uh, volcanic activity. I think the, the the sedentary mountain is so called because it um, it was once an active volcano, a uh, very active volcano. But a few hundred years ago, it stopped erupting and became sedentary. Um, I think the I think that's when the trees started to, to grow in this area, but through many layers of volcanic rock and uh, lava and such, lava flow, it had made the land fertile um, in the nutrients. It was rich in nutrients, but it took a long time for, the, uh, for, for, for it to be uh, hospitable to plant life again. And so the great expanse arrived 
this is this must all be about a millennia ago i suppose now i'm I'm not exactly sure but it's been it's been about that time since uh since it, the the mountain went sedentary and the great expanses is what remains so that's what he knows with um with his intelligence check anyway so we say we bid him adieu if there's nothing else you want to ask uh, trell about we bid him adieu and we leave uh, the mountain and we head two hours back towards the direction we came from uh, to try and find that trail again. So I'm going to roll uh, an, an, a, a check again like we did on the way to Munglofa. I'm going to roll a check on the way back to see if we encounter random encounters in the forest. On the first hour we do not. <laughs> That's the role that Trell would have needed to 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 uh, to have met the people that you're following. Um, so as we're walking, we're about an hour away. <laughs> as we're walking back towards the uh, the the direction we came from, um, we do hear the. Well, I won't put a name on it yet because I'm not entirely com- I'm not entirely sold on what it is that we're going to encounter but we're going to encounter something and we'll pick up there next time it's been three hours so that's a nice place to leave it uh, we are going to we're going to be starting next next time with an encounter it's gonna be a wild rabbit <laughs> the random encounter table is gonna be it's gonna be a bunny I tell you if it is a bunny it's more like a Monty Python Holy Grail bunny <laughs> we're going to pick up that next time and uh and we'll have an encounter to deal with and then when and then if we survive the encounter um we will make it back to our trail and we can continue from there to see to to head north and dis and discover what we're doing and where we're going and who we're following and whatnot that's all for this episode of Twitch Tales, but if you want to be there to actually join in on the decision making, head over to twitch.tv forward slash roberthartleygm and click the little love heart to follow the channel. It's free to do and it notifies you when I go live so you can tune in to join the fun. I'll see you there.